Good morning. Our, our second reading is from Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're reading from verses 1 to 12. I'll give you a moment to find it on your devices or your, your, your Bible. This is Moses talking to all of Israel. These are the commands, decrees and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in that land you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear Israel and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on your door frames of your houses and on your gates. When the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob to give you, a land with large flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant, then when you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you did not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Well, good morning, everyone. It's uh, great that we get to uh, sit under God's word today. Uh, let me pray as we come to this part of the Bible. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you have gathered us as your people. I pray that you'll help us to uh, hear your words and apply it to our lives that we might live as lights for you in this place. Amen. Well, in 1888, uh, following his brother's death, Alfred Nobel, the inventor of dynamite, he was reading what was supposed to be his brother's obituary in the French news newsletter when he realised that the editor has actually confused the two brothers and they had actually written about Alfred's death instead. He was very much alive. The headline proclaimed, the merchant of death is dead. And it went on to describe how this wealthy man who has invented dynamite is going to leave behind a legacy of death. Now, it's believed that this moment in Alfred's life had been what had been given him the motivation to change what kind of legacy he was going to leave behind. He didn't want to be known as the merchant of death. Instead, he wanted to be known for being a man who wanted to pass on knowledge to the next generation. And thus, he came up with the Nobel Prizes, uh, awarding those people who have contributed uh, to the wealth of knowledge of those to come. The story of Alfred Nobel kind of illustrates to us that we care about what legacies we're going to be leaving behind. And we as Christians, we certainly have an opportunity to leave behind an amazing legacy, the truth of the gospel. This is the kind of passion that I have to pass on the truth of the gospel to the next generation. It's why I love going into scripture and teaching kids. It's why I love 
uh, doing the job that I do, um, the opportunity to pass on the wonderful news of Jesus uh, to the next generation. It's my desire as a dad to leave this legacy behind uh, to my children. It's something that I love to hear my seven-year-old daughter say, Daddy, I think I love Jesus. And that's just music to my ears. Deuteronomy 6 uh, reminds us all here today to give us a reminder, to help us uh, to continue to keep our eyes fixed on uh, us as a church wanting to leave this beautiful legacy to our next generation. Now in Deuteronomy 6, Moses is talking to the whole nation of Israel and he's holding people accountable to how they are going to raise the next generation. His comments have incredible insight for us today as followers of Jesus also. Now traditionally, uh, these words of Deuteronomy 6 have been applied to parents. And as true as that is for us, as a church community, we belong as a family of believers. And we have an opportunity as a, as a village, if you were to say, to leave behind a legacy to the next generation. And if we want to do that as a family of believers, we firstly need to keep our eyes on the goal. We need to decide for ourselves what's important in life. And we'd like to keep our eyes on that goal at which we want the next generation to arrive, especially when there are so many numerous voices out there who are providing an alternative finish line for our, our uh, children. Me as a dad, I've got younger children, two and seven. I'm not yet to face a lot of the opposition to uh, the following Jesus, as some people might have, but certainly it's out there. We face many choices of sporting events, of uh, sleepovers instead of going to church, what movies and music uh, we let our children listen to, uh, people that we listen our, uh, let our children listen to as well, voices with or opposing the teaching of the Bible. But I believe that we all want our next generation to have a relationship with God who created them, the God who loves them and the God who sent his only son to save them. And back in Deuteronomy 6, Moses and the Israelites, they're gathered on one side of the Jordan River. And just in front of them is the Promised Land. It's within reach now. For 40 years, they'd been wandering the desert in the wilderness, but they had never actually got to the Promised Land that God had promised. But now, right in front of them, all of their dreams are within grasp. And right up front, this is what Moses tells them. These are the commands, decrees and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all the decrees and commands I give you so that you may enjoy long life. So in a sense, what he's saying is that it's not about you. 
The aim of your life is larger than your personal fulfilment, your peace of mind, and perhaps even your happiness. It's greater than your family, your career, and all of your wildest dreams and ambitions. If you would like to grasp what is happening and why you were placed on this planet, you want to begin with God. You've got to live your life for him because he has filled your life with purpose. And so Moses is warning them against this because when they get into the land of Canaan, they're going to be faced with oppositional voices. Sometimes they will be uh, challenged to lose their focus because they live in a world where the values are different. And we also are faced with those same challenges. We can be so easily lose our focus on God. Because in our world, the world set has a set, different set of values. And we could be caught up with everything that they teach us, and so can our kids. Maybe they think, how much can we make? What money can we spend? How much do we have? Do we have enough? Are our activities and conversations going to be pointing to what we actually love in our hearts or our activities and conversations going to point to our first love, which is God? We're all on a journey. We're on a journey to heaven, paved the way by Jesus. By Jesus' death and resurrection on our behalf, we have this hope of heaven. And we want as many people as possible to join us there. So how are we going at keeping our eyes on the goal? As a church family, we have an opportunity to work together to help each other keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, both in the formal and informal moments. City kids, cross-life kids and youth, they're both kind of formal ways in which we as a church family can support the next generation in learning about Jesus. But there's the informal opportunities that we have as a church family that, that matter as well. There's the morning tea and supper after church. There's lunches where you invite people over your house and to chat, dinners, play dates. There's so many ways in which that we can mix uh, the generations together and support each other, where we can have um, a conversation about keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Older, mixing with younger, singles, couples, retirees, empty nesters, we all play a role in influencing the next generation. Um, older men getting alongside younger men, older women talking to younger women, older couples talking to younger couples, it all matters. And it's talking with advice and being open to constructive and gracious encouragement and challenge. It's finding older person to pass on uh, their wisdom to you. And then it's also finding someone who is younger than you to pass on that wisdom as well. So even though the kids are up in the demountable uh, now, um, after church, it would be really great to see um, all of our generations mixing together and chatting and 
and talking about the things that we have learnt together today and uh, how we might live for Jesus in the coming week. The next thing that we want to ask is, what are we doing to communicate this statement to our next generation, the desire that we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus? And so that leads us to the second thing that we want to do to leave a legacy, and that is love God with passion. Moses puts it like this in Deuteronomy 6, 5 and 6. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commands that I give you today are to be on your hearts. This is a wonderful memory verse, isn't it? I remember learning this and teaching this many times, and I believe we're going to sing it as well. But in other words, part of living a legacy of faith uh, in the Lord isn't just about equipping the next generation with rules and regulations. It's actually about pointing them to a relationship with God, a living and loving relationship with God. And it's an amazing relationship when you think about it. The God of the universe, who created everything by speaking, the king of all things, wants to have a personal relationship with you. That's just such a powerful thing for us all to consider. And Israel, well, it was to show this love and loyalty by obeying what God had commanded them. They were to stand out as they moved into this new land. They were to stand out as God's followers. Forming and shaping the hearts and minds of the next generation is a big part of our core. We're God's new covenant people and we've been grafted on to the Lord's ancient people because of Jesus. We see in Matthew 22, Jesus was constantly being challenged by the teachers of the laws who were trying to pin something on Jesus and to give them a reason to arrest him. However, Jesus never strayed from faithfully teaching and applying God's word. And for that reason, in Matthew 22, he says this, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. As Jesus' disciples, we're also called to love the Lord our God with all that we are because of what he has done. And if we care about our children, then it starts with making sure that we are healthy ourselves. So how are your relationship with God these days? And does it show? Does our love for God burn bright? Is it being fed by our prayer life? Are we reading God's word? Are we hearing God's word taught to us? Are we applying God's word in our own lives so that we shine like lights in this universe? Are we making time to celebrate God's blessings and greatness in our own lives so that our hearts beat with gratitude and joy for all that he has done? Of course, I think and I believe that most of us, this is the reality for us all, and it's the reality that we want for the next generation. We just don't always know how. Because there are so many significant uh, motivational challenges out there as well, isn't there? Sometimes it's just too hard. Sometimes it's not as easy to be part of the 
voices, sometimes you do wonder, what are we doing and how do we do it? No matter what kind of legacy we want to leave the next generation, there's just so many voices out there. They're all trying to teach them something different. An example of this is uh, last year, my daughter came home and told a story about a horse who inside wanted to be a unicorn and so was able to change because that's what they chose to be. They chose to be a unicorn. Now, this might be a very innocent kind of story that a six-year-old comes home and tells, but I actually think the underlying story is, is actually quite uh, on point with what this world is trying to say. And even when we're trying to be careful about limiting uh, our children's exposure to these negative messages and unhealthy images, still, it's, it's an uphill battle. We don't want to just wrap our next generation in bubble wrap and protect them from the world, but we want to teach them and model to them what it looks like to live in the world and to fix our eyes on Jesus. And so let's never give up praying for the, for the next generation and the battlefield of faith they find themselves in. And parents, we're never alone in our quest. We're never alone in passing the good news to the next generation. Because one, we have God on our side. And God is in the business of saving people. And his spirit works in the lives of his people. It works in the lives of our young people, despite how hard we might be finding it and how we might be feeling like we're failing, God is at work in the lives of those uh, who are yet to hear. And so with that in mind, we can be comforted that God is at work with us. And so we can make the most of every moment that we have and turn those precious moments into opportunities to form routines to leave a legacy to the next generation. Moses told the Israelites, impress these on your children. Talk to them when, we, when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, if you think about these in the modern context, uh, this can give us some insights into when we can pass on and nurture the faith uh, in our next generation. Moses said, talk about these things when you sit at home. So mealtimes, make the most of mealtimes with your children. Talk about the things that they have done, uh, the things that they can be praying for. Talk about how they can role model uh, Jesus. Next, Moses said, talk about these things when you walk along the road. Maybe you can walk along the road or maybe it's in a drive time to school or maybe it's drive time to the sporting events that you have, making the most of little opportunities like that. One thing that we uh, try and do with Kathleen in the car is when we see an ambulance streaming past us, we, we just try and stop and pray uh, for whatever that ambulance person is going to. Talk about these things when you lie down, uh, but bedtime, that's such an intimate 
moment when a child is about to sleep, uh, we can read them a, a story, we can pray for them, uh, simple things like that. And then talk about these things when you get up. So morning time, maybe it's a little, a little letter um, in their lunch boxes. Um, maybe it's just uh, have a great day, be kind to somebody today, be gracious, generous to somebody today. What we can take away from his teaching is that it's not just a Sunday thing um, or a going to bed thing, but it's making the most of every opportunity that we have to pass on this news to the next generation. And so far, the passage has pushed us to keep our eyes on the goal, love God with passion, and to create a rhythm in life. These are the things that we can do to help us leave a legacy to the next generation. But there's one more building block that I want to spend some time uh, looking at, and it's important. If we want to leave a legacy for the next generation, then we need to realise that we're better together. Uh, we're, we're all in this together. You might have heard the, the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. We belong to a village, a village of uh, believers, a community of believers, like-minded people who have the same end in sight. And it's worth noting that, that Moses begins with his instructions by saying, Hear, O Israel. This passage is a word not just for parents, but for the entire community of faith. And in our world, a world where there's so many voices, I've said that so many times today, so many uh, aggressive voices as well, they are all trying to get the attention of our children. We need to be clear that no parent can instill these virtues by him or herself. We need other voices, the voices of family members, the voices of parents, the voices of other men and women of faith that can reinforce our values and strengthen the legacy that we're trying to leave to the next generation. There was a guy called Bruce and he uh, wrote a book and it was very helpful to read. And he describes that he was going on with a uh, battle against a rare type of cancer and as he agonized about what would happen uh, to himself he realized and that he leaves behind two twin girls three-year-olds if he did die and so he started to think about all of the things that he would miss the milestones that he didn't get to see the things that he would not be able to pass on to his girls and so he began to make a list of men who represented all of the qualities and the memories that he himself wanted to leave his girls, but he would never be able to. And so he made a list of six men in awe. And to each of them, he says, my girls have a great mum and a loving family, but they may not have me. Will you help be their father? And so born the Council of Dads, a circle of men who Bruce hoped would teach lessons, send signals, say the things that he would never get to say whenever his daughters failed, to, failed a test, won a prize or fell in love. Now the good news of this story is that Bruce survived his cancer, but he still pushed ahead with the Council of Dads. 
and I know that I would love to see this for our children, not just mine, but the children here um, at City Church. Not just a council of dads, but a council of mothers and fathers, of uncles and aunties, grandparents, brothers, sisters in Christ. I would love this for my daughter and my son, praying for them, teaching them, loving them, and showing them how to love Jesus in ways that I can't. There would be no greater impact on a young person's life than if others could point them in the direction of Jesus. So we have a, an amazing opportunity to leave an amazing legacy behind to the next generation. And I think together we can do an amazing work with God's help. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you that he came and that he died on the cross, that he rose to new life so that we have this hope in him. Father, I pray that you'll help each of us to see the role that we have in passing on a legacy of faith to the next generation. Amen.